Hi and welcome everyone to the 81st episode of CM Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and today's podcast will be about premier field engineers. And with me today I have Furkan Ali from Microsoft. Furkan Ali specializes in Dynamics 365 for customer engagement technology at Microsoft and is based in Stockholm, Sweden. Furkan has been working with CRM system for the past 13 years. During the last seven years, he is associated with Microsoft CRM Dynamics customer engagement. Furkan has a passion about automation and loves seeing the smile on customers. Welcome, Furkan. Thank you, Marcus. It's been a pleasure to come to your podcast. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's a bit evening, so I'm uh, and I have to go to one of my customer tomorrow. It will be the first visit, so I have already been looking for that customer. So it's it's I've been doing good. We're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? I really like the non-profit organizations uh, and I help them. And uh, if I go back like maybe five years ago, uh, there were some people who used to come with pen and paper on the on the field. And uh, now I'm as a customer to them and uh, as a members and a member to them, uh, I really appreciate they have been they are embracing the digital transformation. Now they are coming with a, with a gadget and they are using some kind of systems. And I hope so. They will be using um, some kind of marketing platform to nurture and to have a customer journey. So that's what I love as a customer. Yeah. And if we talk for nonprofits, there is this industry accelerator in dynamics now. I haven't really looked into this one, but I think there is one for nonprofit in there. So I think that will help this industry to really evolve with the power platform and using this common data model that this industry accelerator will bring and hopefully get more on board to this digital transformation in the nonprofit era. Exactly, exactly. Uh, there are some accelerate accelerators. There are accelerators for non-profit. There are accelerators from banking and some others as well. And uh, as you said, the companies or these non-profit organizations need to understand the digital transformation and they should take the, the most out from Power Platform if they are on Microsoft Stack. So you are totally correct. Yeah. So... You work as a premier field engineer. What is it that you do? Exactly. I work as a premier field engineer, and our primary mission is to provide technical leadership to the enterprise customers. And we basically promote their health in their Dynamics 365 customer engagement systems. We look after that, and there are three different criteria which we can work with. There is basically assess, uh, in which we assess their systems. And the other part is uh, educate. Uh, we educate them and uh, about their systems. And the third one is basically operate. So we help them to operate their systems. So health, what, in what way do you look for health in the systems? If basically, we... Uh, look after we have different kind of managed IPs 
which uh, we are accredited for. And then we go with that uh, managed IP and implement that. So we have some kind of tools uh, if they are online. So they ha we have different kind of tools if they are on, on premise, then we have some different tools and uh, based on our um, managed IPs, we go and assess the health of the systems. So it's more from a technical point of view that you look for, okay, is it running optimal? So is the SQL server okay? Does it respond? How is the latency? That kind of Exactly, stuff. exactly. So so we have Dynamics 365 uh, customer engagement assessment. Then we have Dynamics 365 performance review. Uh, for online versions, so the, we have these kind of managed IPs which we deliver to our customers. Yes. All right. So, what kind of assessments do you do when you come to a customer? Then uh, we have a different kind of managed IP which is called a benchmark assessment. There, we, uh, for example, do the load testing for their uh, Dynamics 365 customer engagement. And uh, that is one kind of assessment. And then we have some different kind of assessments as well. So an assessment would be number of concurrent users? Yes, number of concurrent users, uh, exactly. And there are some other uh, criteria as well. It's just one of the criteria is numbers. Okay, so if you come to someone and, and do the operate, what, what is that then? It's basically, uh, the combination of these uh, benchmark assessment and performance review. And then we have some, uh, together with that, we have some different managed IPs, which we can deliver related to operate, uh, which means uh, if it's not operating well, so we is basically we do the, what you call uh, the performance review, you can say. Take an example of performance review. So if it's not operating well, so we do a specific targeted performance review in which we try to see that if this system is operating well or not. So we have different type of uh, performance review, which is one is general, uh, general uh, performance review and one is targeted. All right then. So this usually comes from a customer request, right? So they have some issue and they have, okay, I don't know, what's a common issue that, that you get assigned? Uh, no, not really. It could be reactive and it could be proactive as well. So it, right, in both of the cases, we have these, we can deliver these kind of managed IPs to a premier customer. Okay, so, so what's the type of assignment that premier field engineers usually work on them? There are basically two main kinds, or basically two kinds of uh, assignments which uh, a common PFE works on. The first one is called DSE, which is Designated Support Engineering. Uh, in this one, a PFE is being assigned for a customer on a longer period of time. The premier customer usually buys, for example, 200 to 800 or more hours for it he can he or he can buy even 1500 and so for a for one fiscal year so a pfe goes to that customer and tries to implement those um, criteria which i was talking about health assess and operate 
and help them bridge the gap between their business and the technical environments, right? The other one, uh, the other kind of assignment is transactional work. Uh, there, we, a PFE is being assigned to a customer for maybe some hours to up till some days and deliver that kind of managed IP and writes a report, gives them uh, advices, what needs to be done, and then leaves. And then there could be a follow-up transactional work as well, right? For example, in transactional work, we have code review, right? And, and then the follow-up code review. So that's, those kind of work are transactional work for premier customers. The transactional is that then based on reactive so they have a problem and they come to you or could that be proactive as well then that could be proactive as well and it depends on uh, how good relation uh, we have with that customer usually uh, if we have a really good uh, uh, relationship with a customer so we do propose uh, a managed ip which is basically a transactional work and it depends on the experience or maybe the PFE which has already worked on previously for some different kind of uh, managed IP. He thinks like this customer needs the other uh, MIP as well. So it could be proactive, it could be reactive, but transactional work is mostly reactive. Have you ever been to a call where there is this sort of is a case that is the origin of this transactional work and you have an issue at hand that you either has been resolved and you're the follow-up call or you are the person that's going to handle this issue basically i as a pfe or a pfe in general is basically responsible for the technical delivery and uh, and basically advising customer what's the problem but basically the root cause right so yes if you say like i have experience so yes i have experience where i was being uh, at the customer and they were having some issues with their system and uh, we helped that as a transactional work okay can you go into more detail was it like okay the system is going slow the users are complaining the forms are loading way too slowly is it that kind of work it was it yeah exactly it was like uh, the exactly the same which you said it was the performance issue so i looked at our telemetry systems i looked at their latency i um, checked some other systems uh, and basically found some issues which could be the root cause of their problem uh, and then gave some advices to that customer yeah like for example these are the queries you need to fix uh, or these queries are being generated from the system and then you need to look at where they are being generated and then need to fix the issue all right so it could be some managed code that the customer themselves are responsible for that are generating this workload or they have really complex views that are generating this workloads it's it's uh, mostly both the case so it's uh, usually the partners who are involved and uh, sometimes it's the customer who, in, who him or itself writing some code uh, which might create some problem so it's both the cases and uh, some of the times it's simply views as well 
Okay, so have you ever run into where a system where they just don't have a responsible person and they call you in and you say, well, where is the the one that's responsible for, let's say, data in the CRM system? Because I want to talk about the uh, what's all this meaning and and you don't really have someone to, to find. Honestly speaking, uh, when we go for for a specific a specific kind of assignment so we have some prerequisites right so if the prerequisites are filled then we usually don't need a business person or a person who is generating data or responsible for the process or something like that so we just do our own work by our own self with our own systems and then give some advices to the client like yeah these are the problems these are the root causes now you it's uh, and it all depends on the relationship we somehow sometimes we go a bit beyond that and tell them like yeah these are the specific areas maybe this problem is coming from the data and this problem is coming from customization and these problems are coming from configuration so these things we did we really do uh, pinpoint uh, and sometimes we say like uh, these are the problems these are the root causes and now you can you can check what uh, where you can find uh, how can you fi- how, how can you fix that okay so what's the worst situation that you have found then uh, the worst situation is um, for one of my client it was they ha- they, they were having a um, single tenant multi instances uh, where one of the instances was in China, and because of the firewall and some VPN problems, they are having some real issues with the problem or with the performance. So, so that's the difficult part because they really don't understand that the latency for the China is difficult, is a challenge. Uh, so that's the challenge we, as PFE, used to have. And we try to make them learn how to fix, at least how to decrease the problem for the Chinese users. All right. Then. So they had their system operating perhaps in US or EMEA, and then the users were in a different continent like China. And Yeah, it was uh, Amsterdam and the users were in China. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that could run into some issues. Perhaps I was thinking like, okay, well, they hadn't cleaned up. Uh, I don't know. We had this where all the workflows used to, to be in this log. And if you don't didn't have this, okay, clean up the, the completed workflows after they're done, that could accumulate data. And if you shared data a lot, then we have this principal object access table and if you have like more business units than users whatever that could all cause issues for the systems yeah it was uh, like a combination of issues it was like uh, it the com- the problem started with their front end systems to their server side code and of course the how they have customized and configured the system so so we gave some advices and tried to mediate uh, the performance issue. So which uh, we really figured it out, like things worked it out. Uh, so it got much better. So it was really a combination of everything which you said, apart from uh, business units. So they have uh, the standard one business unit uh, 
for for instance so they were not having too many business units so they were having too many data in the po table and of course they were sharing stuff so so yeah, there were a lot of uh, different type of issues they were having so we tried to fix at least some of them and they got a better performance after that all right then. so what's this designated support engineer a designated support engineer is basically um, an assi- a type of uh, uh, assignment where where one of the PFE usually goes from one department to to a particular client. Usually, DSC is being associated for a premier customers who have bought hours. So they usually buy hours from x hours to 100 of our 100 of hours and then they ask like yeah, okay uh, we need help with different applications of customizing it right so we usually as a pfe try to book uh, our schedule for the specific customer as a dsc we go and help with almost everything related to customer engagement sometimes we do um, assessment sometimes we do uh, help them with the operate sometimes we do educate them so we conduct some workshops for their end users for their super users uh, and sometimes we do deliver their transactional work for them uh, and sometimes we do bridge uh, between the between the system and the product group so these are some of the examples which we do so it's uh, and that's what i really like is to when i when i work when I when I supposed to work as a, at a DSC, so it's like a very breadth wise um, work which I need to perform at the DSC customer. Right. So this is so a longer engagement usually. It sounds like, and it's it's a broader role, and it's perhaps you have like a set set time. So okay, I'm I'm there two days in a week, and then I always come at the same days in a week, or perhaps I come two weeks and then off for a couple of months and then come back again. So you have a more of a schedule to stick to. Yeah, it's in a schedule and it should be uh, should be a working schedule for both the customer and the, for the PFE. So uh, because uh, we need to travel up to, we could be traveling up to 70% of the time. So so if it's in, and we need to work in the whole uh, EMEA region. So if it's in, uh, Eastern Europe, then it's it would be feasible for me to go and work um, uh, twice a month, not every, not two days a week. For yeah, example. okay, I get it. But if if they're all in Stockholm, that could work. If sort of you have free customers yeah, there, yeah, uh, I, I don't know Wednesday. exactly. And um, I haven't got a DSC engagement here in Stockholm yet, uh, but. Uh, I will be getting one, uh, which I will be going to and will be working with. Uh, otherwise, I have got uh, two DSCs, which in which are basically in the center and eastern Europe. So I need to travel to them. And uh, there is a kind of flexibility. You need to uh, work with the, with the customer, so you can work remote and you can work sometimes on site. And uh, you can u- usually do your work with a combination of remote and on-site with a DSE. How do a customer know that the premier field engineer who will be delivering a service is knowledgeable 
enough to deliver the service. Yeah. For these uh, transactional work, uh, we do have a strict accreditation process uh, internal uh, within Microsoft. So every PFE before going to the customer and start delivering a managed IP must be accredited to deliver that service. Take an example of a code review, right? So we have uh, two types of code reviews, a standard one and a premium one. So if I as a PFE wants to go to the customer and start delivering code review as a managed IP, so I need to do first, I need to learn uh, the whole process of accreditation, right? Then I need to do the shadowing part. So I need some, some other PFE who is delivering that service. I need to be in that uh, I need to be. I need to follow the whole process together with him, and will be writing a report as if I am delivering. But instead of uh, del uh, presenting that report to the customer, I will be presenting that report to that MIP owner, and that MIP owner basically approves me or declines me. Like yeah, if I am uh, if I am ready to deliver that uh, uh, service or not, then. That's the second part. Then the third part is we have an skills assessment test as well, which is an online half an hour test, uh, which have some different questions related to that. For example, code review. So we need to know about the code, how to write code, how to read code, how to improve code. Right? Yeah. So we have like, th as I said, three uh, process, uh, three stages. We have one, try to understand the accreditation process. Second one, the shadowing part and the third one is skills assessment. After we are accredited, then we are supposed to go out uh, in the field and uh, to the customers and start delivering. So that's why it's uh, a lengthy process and it's a thorough process. And I believe that's why every customer is satisfied with our deliveries. So what's that MIP? person or the MIP owner that you talked about? What does that mean, MIP? Yeah, MIP owner is basically is the regional based P senior PFE who has been delivering this service for a quite a lot of, uh, for, for he's very experienced in delivering these kind of MIPs. For example, if take an example of that's the same code review, if the MIP owner for the code review is the person or is a PFE, is a senior PFE who is delivering this code review service to the customers for many, uh, many years. I exactly don't know what's the criteria of becoming a MIP and uh, how many years, but he should be a senior and have been delivering this service for quite long. So, and he has uh, the passion to help others. So that's the, basically the MIP. So what does MIP stand for? It's basically managed IP. It's oh, managed okay. intellectual property, right? Um, so this code reviews, is there some static tools that you use for analyzing the code or is it more, okay, let's sit down, look at it and see what we can find? That's what I told you about uh, the code review earlier. Uh, we have two kinds of uh, code reviews. One is standard, which is uh, a tool-based static uh, code review, right? It's uh, like 100% automatic, right? Or automated. And uh, the second one, which is which we call 
code review premium is basically 20% automated and 80% manual. So we, in the premium one, we go, we take the code from the customer and we run that tool. We check out the, we, we omit the false positives and we generate a report and then we start checking the code manually, right? Yeah. Okay. In the manual code, we see the patterns, we see uh, a lot of different uh, things uh, and it's totally manual. So we look at the code and uh, based on our experience, we give some suggestions how to improve that code quality. All right. So it sounds a little bit like the solution checker that's available, that's general available, right? So you can do a static analysis of the code that you have in your unmanaged solution in your dev environment. So it sounds a little bit like that, but perhaps more intelligently. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, the solution checker is part of our own tool as well. So it's basically, you can say one fifth part of that uh, tool is based on solution checker, you can say. All right. But we have some other static uh, tools, which is based on FX scope and uh, modern cop. And we have some different uh, check sets, which, you, which we apply and design patterns based on Dynamics 365. So we have some different stuff as well. So we want this this solution checker and all the static analysis to be part of our continuous integration, continuous deployment, right? So every time someone checks something in, it runs the checks to see if we missed anything or we're improving or we're getting worse. So we always get better as 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 me as a developer, as the community. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Microsoft is. Uh, making some of this stuff uh, as a general available. But uh, I really, as you said, I really don't know about how much stuff can we do available publicly. Yeah, the the great way would, of course, be that it's in the Azure DevOps as a pipeline. You can just insert a step here, just, okay, run through this checker, get some analysis out, and if it's some higher critical issue then stop warnings or medium go for, go with that yeah but exactly that's one thing but in our own tool uh, which checks the static code we have some other design patterns as well we check for some uh, patterns if they are failing or if they are pattern which uh, most of the customers or developers tried so we do check those as well and our our tool is basically general for all the public it's uh, for uh, for the customers who are using azure devops or if they are not using devops so it's it works for both all right so if i'm a customer or partner how do i get a hold of a premier field engineer so if you are a partner so you have a partner development uh, manager who you can contact and uh, he or she can help you with these services right so, and if you are a premier customers uh, then you can contact uh, the technical account manager or in some subsidiaries or countries it's being called service delivery managers as well so these are the two channels which you can contact premier support right 
the other uh, the other online channel is uh, we have a service hub uh, where you can log in and create some cases and if you want to buy some hours so you can do that as well so it's like online channel and then you have person related channel which is basically depending on your partner or a customer all right and so this sounds like a lot of fun for you right it it sounds like a fun job so how do i become a professional uh, no sorry a premier field engineer uh, yeah i'm i really admit that uh, it's one of the best roles uh, within services organization uh, within microsoft right uh, because uh, sometimes you work as a technical trainer right the other times you deep dive into the technology and you do them some code review so you are you are getting really hands on experience with what's going on what's being written right so it's a breadth wise role which uh, i really like and it's an advisory role so so you meet customers so you are not like stuck in front of a laptop uh, so you do meet customers you do travel uh, and of course you, you should be a travel loving person to be a pnfe pfe right so if you want to be an pfe so first of all uh, you need to apply uh, we do have uh, openings uh, on microsoft careers right so you there you can see like if you match the criteria you can apply and uh, some other really important things uh, which uh, one of the pfe must have is a technical technical knowledge so if you are a business applications pfe so you should be knowledgeable enough to speak with the customers so you could be so you you could have worked with customer engagement or uh, finance and operations etc so and the other really important thing is the communication so you need to have a really good communications you should um, communicate with any type of uh, stakeholders uh, with, with customers within customers or within microsoft or anywhere else right uh, and the third thing is basically the leadership you uh, you might be in a position uh, where the customer wants to drag you into some other problems or something like that so you should be having a leadership role in which you need you need to solve their problems in the meanwhile you should be guiding them how to do the right thing at the right time and perhaps avoid scope creep as well and Sorry? perhaps avoid scope creep so you have okay you have this transactional work and you're there to do that assignment and someone else is pulling you and saying okay but we need help with this over here as well uh, the, we really have a scoping call before the delivery for every kind of transactional work right if you if you are delivering a performance review we have a scoping call for example two weeks before in which we describe them the services we describe them what's inside the delivery what's out of the scope what are the prerequisites uh, for us to deliver this service and what will be the outcome so i really don't know if uh, things have gone wrong 
uh, with the transactional work. It might be I'm quite new to Microsoft, but there might be some cases in which uh, the senior PFEs have experienced something different, but I haven't experienced that. I was just considering that, okay, you're sort of almost done and then someone else pulls you. Yeah, but we have this other thing over here. Can you just take a look at that one? As well, well you're, you're, you're here, right? You can just help us out with this one. Sort of this type of, okay, this scope creep things, even though it's not part of your work and you want, you're helpful and you want to help out and then you're perhaps in some situation where you, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, as I said earlier, it all then comes to the relationship. For example, if you are a DSC on a, on a customer and you are delivering that transactional work, which is basically like a MIP, right? And they say like, yeah, okay, we have, okay, can you please look at this one? So of course you, you, you will say like, yeah, okay, not within this delivery, but of course I can, I might check it afterward, right? Yeah. So you, you can always do that. And uh, sometimes if you're delivering the, the transactional work, and they are insisting you to to look at out of the scope stuff, then it all depends on you, the circumstances, what you have. And if you have time, uh, then you can look at it. And uh, we usually don't look at, for example, um, uh, ISV codes, right? Because ISV can directly approach us and we can do, and when we can deliver those services to them directly instead of doing it to the customer, right? Yeah. So... So and it's not really it's the customer's most, IP to correct anyway. So exactly. So so we we do have different channels. We do have different options, uh, and it all based on the circumstances we we as a PFE choose what to do. All right then. So where do I go if I want to know more? Uh, we really do have uh, a, a really good blog, which is which is CRM in the field. If you Google it, you will find it. Otherwise, uh, I can I can uh, give the URLs to you. No, no, uh, I will add are, it to the show notes so everyone can find it. Yes. Uh, so in that uh, CRM in the field blog, uh, there are some PFEs who write about the real world scenarios, how did they solve it and some other things and uh, there in one of the blog you can also find the offerings which we as a pfe uh, deliver all right then so where are you going to be next do you have any public speaking or anything like that lined up uh no uh, actually i haven't got a chance uh, to do the public speaking yet uh, but i mostly speak uh, for customers so, for example, I will be speaking or I will be conducting a chalk and talk session on Dynamics 365 and Power Platform for one of, uh, for one of the customer. Uh, it will be a transactional work, which will be like one day chalk and talk session. And, uh, and, in, other, um, in, a, and in one of the other sessions, I will be speaking about the pros and cons of migrating on-prem to online. So, so I, these are the two sessions which I will be speaking about, uh, but I usually don't speak uh, publicly. All right. Do you have any links to your own blog or your LinkedIn or anything that, like that that you want to add? 
Uh, yes, I have. I do have a LinkedIn uh, URL, which I can uh, share it to you later. Okay. And do I do have a Twitter account as well, uh, and it all and both of them is basically Sayed for Connolly. Nice. Thank you for your participation in CM Rocks Fulkan Ali. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. And thanks to you listening. And uh, don't forget that you can subscribe to Serum Rocks to search for it in your favorite favorite podcasting app and you will find it right there. See you next time on Serum Rocks.